Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The sound of endurance racing around the world. This is RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Hello everyone, Richard Crow here and welcome to On The Grid, a weekly in-depth look at the Australian motorsport scene here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. On The Grid covers everything from supercars to S5000, TCR to Australian GT and a whole heap more. The weekly spread of interviews, news, views and opinion on what makes the sport tick down under. We'd love to have you involved as well. If you've got any questions about Antipodean racing, drop us a line on the socials by using at the race talk on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, and we'll include your question in the next show. So that's it from me. Grab a beer, put a snag on the Barbie, fire up some Bathurst on the TV and crank up your V8 and enjoy an Aussie look at our great sport. And let's welcome the show's host with the most, the voice of the Melbourne cricket ground as well, is Tony Shebecki. G'day everyone, thank you for joining us. Supercars, F1, MotoGP and IndyCar provide our news this week and we'll have interviews with City Race winner Jack LeBrock and podiumman Todd Hazelwood. A great weekend for both. But first let's look at supercars and three different winners greeted the chequered flag on the weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park. Scott McLaughlin taking out Race 1 under lights on Saturday. Nick Perkat and Jack LeBrock sharing the top step on Sunday in races 11 and 12 of the season. McLaughlin telling Supercars Media he was happy to grab a win early in the weekend. Yeah, look, I um, was really thankful. I got a good start, Jess, because I, it was able to, I was able to position a little bit better. Got a little bump from Cam, and, and, and uh, it was a good hard race. I knew they were going to come at me pretty hard, so uh, just to hold on those first few laps. And then I managed to stay with them closer than I thought. We had a really good fire out. The car it was so good on both compounds, so... Um, Really proud of the guys. And in the pit stop, man, these guys have been working so hard at Shelby Power Racing to get our pit stops right and consistent. And every time we come in, it's mint. So uh, really proud of everyone. We'll hear from Jack LeBrock shortly on the show. Meanwhile, there seems to be mixed feelings about the mixed tyre regulations for the weekend, with each team having to use two sets of softs and three sets of hard tyres over the weekend. Erebus boss Barry Ryan says he believes no one wants to see manufactured results. Now, supercars have confirmed a double weekend of racing at Darwin with the Bet Easy Double Triple Crown being held on August the 8th and 9th, followed by the Darwin Super Sprint on August the 15th. Talk also very strong about a double weekend in Townsville following the Darwin rounds with up to 10,000 spectators allowed in to view the racing in Townsville by the Queensland Government. Lewis Hamilton has taken victory once again in season 2020, winning at the Hungarian Grand Prix, dominating the race where Max Verstappen recovered from a pre-race crash to finish second. Valtteri Bottas was third, Daniel Ricciardo finishing eighth, one lap down. Meanwhile, in the first MotoGP race for four months, Fabio Quadrero has become the first Frenchman since 1999 to win a MotoGP race or a race at the top level. It was a crash-marred race in Spain with Marc Marquez and Cole Crutchlow, both needing surgery after the race for broken bones. Simon Pagano and Joseph Newgarden winning an IndyCar race each, also over the weekend in Iowa. Joining me as he always does here on the program, Richard Crowell from Racetalk.com. Hello, Crowley. Hello, Shebexter. I'm pulling the early shift for this one. Hand no, it that's over okay. to the... You're entitled to. 
Yeah, hand it over to the B team. B team later on, and uh, Mark and Dale will be uh, joining you to to do the full debrief on the weekend. I, I get the 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 A shift here with you and uh, talking to a couple of superstar racing drivers from a big weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park. Yeah, we certainly are. Jack LeBrock coming up with you in just a tick, and then we'll both uh, rejoin and have a chat to Todd Hazelwood. Uh, before we let you go on your hot date. <laughs> it's not a hot date. Well, that's not what I'm being told. No, it's not. Your so we're coming in from South your, Australia. Your information is as bad as Triple H strategy on the weekend. <laughs> your thoughts on the weekend, buddy. Enjoy it. Yeah, look, I did. Um, I thought it was really entertaining racing. Look, I, I can understand some of the criticism that's come out about uh, it being quite complex and certainly it is a difficult format to follow. Uh, and even the best in the business like Neil and Mark in the commentary box, there was a lot of talk about tyres and there was too much talk about tyres yeah. and who's got what and, oh, we don't know, maybe, um, ah. Uh. So there has to be a better way to explain that. But I, I think from a, a motorsport point of view, it, it ticked the boxes because it, every single race was compelling and you didn't know what was going to happen until the checkered flag dropped. And in the past in supercars, that has not been the case. Yeah, uh, it, It's been absolutely vital that they shake things up as we've touched on before and they've done a super job. It, it was a really, really impressive thing aided by Sydney motorsport park being hard on rubber. So timed it to perfection. Um, but I like the fact they're experimenting. I hope they take stuff on board about possibly throwing another set of tires at them if they make the shootout and then handing them back afterwards. So everyone can have a crack at making the top 10 shootout. And our guest Todd coming up in a minute, he was one of a couple of cars that didn't run softs in the shootout. So it's never yeah. going to be any good in qualifying. So it sort of defeats the purpose on that for mine. Um, just simple stuff that I think there can be more tweaks do we need to only eliminate nine cars in two sessions to get to a top 15 shootout? I don't yeah, think so. Go to the top I, 10. I reckon get 14 of them and go to back to a top 10 shootout. Yeah. Um, but look, outside of that, great product, engaging, different names at the front. And the, the big takeout for me is that it was all earned. Everyone had the same stuff to work with. And, and you know, Performances like Andre Heimgartner and, and Kelly Racing were pretty awful on Saturday and they were pretty awful at the first Sydney round through the book at the car overnight and both cars were competitive on Sunday. So it's efforts like that that I love. That wasn't assisted by having good tyres. That was great race car team at work, engineering, tune them up and make them both fast and then make the most of your tyres to deliver a result. And we saw that. Rick had a top five in... Uh, the second race of the weekend, and Andre almost won the third one. But they had legitimate car speed, and Andre yeah. qualified within a tenth of what McLaughlin did earlier in the weekend. And I don't care who you are, if you get within a tenth of McLaughlin in qualifying, Don't you're doing run. something right, aren't you? Yeah. So, no, loved it. Um, compelling racing. It, it builds the narrative over the weekend, and you don't know who's got what until the final race, which I really like. Um, yeah, overall, I thought it was a pretty compelling weekend of uh, entertainment. My only right she is that we went there to see it in person no and that's a that's a real shame but anyway hopefully that's not too far away all right buddy uh due to travel arrangements and having to head up to queensland and all that sort of stuff you caught up for the podcast and uh, also for the uh yeah, the inside race week that's right inside, yeah, that's our, the uh, little show we turn around for our great friends at national transport insurance and truck assist after every supercars round you can catch it on the uh, truck assist facebook page so head to facebook.com 
forward slash NTI Truck Assist. Uh, every Monday, we're catching up after a supercar round with a star. And this week, we thought it might as well be Jack LeBrock. He's been a Truck Assist driver for a lot of his career. Um, terrific bloke and, of course, won his first ever supercars race. So we had a great chat uh, earlier in the week and uh, pretty keen for everyone listening to the podcast to hear that as well. Sydney Motorsport Park, Mark 2. And boy, it threw everything at us. Three different winners. And I'm delighted to say one of them was a first-time race winner. Our very own Jack LeBrock, JLB. Congratulations, mate. That was incredible. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's... Uh... It's pretty unreal. I don't know if it's really sunk in properly yet, but uh, no, I'm pretty stoked. So, uh, yeah, don't really know what to feel. It's awesome. <laughs> There's, yeah, I can imagine. There's so much to cover off with how that whole weekend played out, but also the dramatic two weeks leading up to it with what's going on in Victoria and the fact that your team was involved in that mass migration Monday two weeks ago. But let's just go straight to that final race at Sydney Motorsport Park on Sunday afternoon. And it all came down to a pit stop and a really impressive bit of undercut and then a, an outlap where you were hanging on for dear life by the looks of it. Yeah, that's right. It was, um, it was pretty exciting. We, sort of, we had about a, I think it was about a four, bit over a four-second gap to Andre. So we um, got caught up with a few of those cars that started that race. And um, yeah, Brad decided to go, go aggressive with it. And um, yeah, we had a, had a good crack at it. And uh, the guys nailed the pit stop. I think it was probably one of the quickest ones they've done for Ford's tyres. So they, they pulled it out when it mattered. And um, yeah, those guys did, it, did a ripper job. And then, yeah, the outlet um, just, just pressed on. I knew it was going to probably hurt us a little bit at the end of the race. You always want to try and look after those tyres a little bit, especially in those first few laps and try and not uh, take too much out of them early on. But yeah, we, we pushed on and uh, got around there and... Uh, yeah, when I, we came around turn one and I saw, well, we're clear of Davey and saw Andre there very close. It was uh, pretty nerve-wracking. I knew I just had to get the move done those first uh, few corners before he got some tyre temps. So, uh, yeah, it was unreal. It felt like from there, you and Andre running line astern, you were both just waiting. Neither of you wanted to push too hard so you didn't cook those soft tyres at the end of the race and run out completely at the end. Is that how you were playing that? Yeah, yeah, it was, um, I was just trying to drive really conservative. As soon as uh, I knew we had Andre, that I just backed it right off and just tried to, to drive the car as straight as possible for, for as long as I could, really. But, um, yeah, around that place, when you do, you know, I think maybe even do more than a dozen laps on it, it's uh, hard work. We ended up doing, had to do 21 laps on that, that set of tyres. So, uh, they were hurting by the end, like the last five laps. So, I was starting to get into a lot of trouble with the rear tyres and just getting straight line wheel spin in places where you shouldn't be doing it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was interesting, but we we hung on, and um, yeah, it was uh, just a just a really cool moment. And then talk us through that battle at the end. A bit of speculation during the race that when Dave got to the back of Andre, that might have actually helped you. And then Todd got into that battle as well. So it was almost like that gave you a car length while Andre was defending from those two in that squabble for second, third, and fourth, especially on the last lap when you're under serious pressure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I, I had a bit of a wobble in the turn two. I can't remember if it was the second or third last lap and that, that brought Andre right back onto the back of us again. And um, from there, like once, once you have a slide on a, on a tyre or a soft tyre that's halfway gone like that, it, uh, it hurts you and we're hurting for the rest of that lap um, with just no rear grips. So I, I knew I was in trouble. I could see Todd was coming. Davy was already there with the lights on. Um, so yeah, when, when I saw Davy and Andre starting to get into each other and um, yeah, then Todd got involved as well and sort of gave us that little bit of a gap for the last half of the lap. It was sort of a, 
bit of a bit of a relief, that's for sure. And um, yeah, definitely enjoyed the last half of the lap for sure. It was uh, it was pretty special. What was it like when you crossed the line? What was the first thing you you thought about to celebrate that first victory? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was weird. Like, I was just yeah thanking thanking all the guys and stuff like that. But it was a bit of a weird one. We came back to back to pit lane, and it was only the one one guy there, Dylan, the, the number one, and because we couldn't have all the guys around the car, and so it was a bit of a weird way to way to celebrate. Um, yeah, we didn't get to spray the champagne and do all that with all the other guys and, and spend it with the, the family and friends and all the supporters there. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, it was cool. It's special with uh, nonetheless. And um, yeah, hopefully we can add to it uh, plenty more times. Now, I understand that you hadn't initially intended to burn both sets of softs in that final race. You were going to split both of those Sunday races, but race one on Sunday or the race two for the weekend didn't go quite to plan. So that was the moment you put all your eggs in that final race basket. Yeah, yeah, we um, we weren't really sure what we we're going to do. We we're sort of arming and arming with what we wanted to do. That's why we, we started on the hard tire. It gave us the option um, to go either way, um, depending on how our race was travelling. And off the start line, actually got a good jump in that first race on Sunday. Um, but yeah, Frosty sort of ran us out of road on on the straight, and um, we lost about three or four spots. So straight away from there, we thought yeah, we'll just we'll save our tires. We'll just get through this race and get some solid points. So. Um, yeah, I suppose it all worked out for the best and um, yeah, pretty stoked with how that ended up. It strikes me that the teams that are thinking on their feet the quickest and the drivers that are doing the same are the ones that are really working to the strengths of this crazy format where it's so variable and there's so much going on. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. I think the way the, the pit stops are working now as well is um, it's, it brings the, the guys into putting the wheels on and off the car. Um, their responsibility, I suppose, is is a lot higher now. They've got a much bigger role. And I think we, we proved that yesterday with our guys. They, they absolutely nailed the pit stop and basically won us the race. They got us in the position to, to be able to execute that. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely big, like the strategic side of things with the juggling tyres and what you do with qualifying in and out. It's, um, it's massive because uh, I suppose overall points for the weekend, we ended up six, which is, which is pretty good. Um, we're very happy with that. So, um, and others that tried to spread the load evenly we're back down a bit further. So um, I think it's going to make everyone think a lot harder about how they're going to play it um, heading into the next round. And I'm sure we'll see some um, crazy stuff happening in the next few rounds if we continue down this uh, tyre strategy. And in reality, you're only three events into this Tickford relationship in the new year and the super cheap auto truck is his car. So I imagine there's still a lot of learning going on from both you and the team. You're learning what the car likes and how it likes to be driven. The team's working out what you want out of it so i would imagine there's still plenty more to come from all of that yeah definitely i think uh even this weekend we, we didn't start as strong as what we liked we came off uh, i think having some pretty good speed at the last round and we tried a few different things with the car we we're just trying a little bit different setup direction just trying to chase a few things that we're struggling with um i suppose i'm struggling with with driving the car and we we made a few headroads in in some areas but in other ways we, we struggled and um i wasn't as comfortable in the car as what i was last time back out here at Sydney Motorsport Park and um, we made some good progress uh, qualifying one to qualifying two on Sunday. Um, it was a good step forward with the car direction and Brad tuned it up again for me for the final race um, and, and gave me some more of what I needed. So myself and Brad are building a really good relationship. He's helping me understand the car and what I need to get out of it and what I need to do with it to make it fast. So um, yeah, it's one of those things I think as the year goes on, we understand each other and our engineering lingo and driver lingo and stuff um, will gel more. And yeah, I'm sure we'll, um, we'll get better and better as the year goes out. 
Jack, just speak about the journey to get to this point because it's been a long time coming to get into a car in the main game that um, I, I suppose it's fair to say is worthy of your ability and the talent that you've shown in the junior formula and going all the way back to Formula Ford when you're a, a front runner in that class for so long and then um, a couple of really successful years in Super 2. I mean, how do you reflect on the pathway that all the trials and tribulations, especially the last two years, I suppose, to get to this point where you're now a Supercars race winner? Yeah, it's a bit, a bit surreal. It's funny, I was, um, I can't remember I was talking to this recently about, but we was going, coming back out of karting and stuff like that. Me and Dad got the Formula V and it was just always just going to be a, a bit of fun. We didn't think we we're ever going to take that next step and it was just always, the, I suppose, the dream of, of being in supercars and potentially being a race winner one day was, um, was all it was. It was a dream at that stage. And um, we had one thing led to another throughout the years. And uh, I don't know, it all, all fell in the place. We had some amazing people behind us. Uh, Mum and dad put a lot of effort into it. And um, yeah, everyone else along the way, there's been countless people um, out there who have contributed to, to making this happen. And um, yeah, especially after the last, I suppose, couple of years, we, we broke in. It, it was tough, but um, everyone stuck behind us. And uh, Pretty special to be given this opportunity to drive with one of the top teams in, in the main game. And, um, yeah, it's awesome. I suppose only three rounds into the year, we've, we've already had a race to win. And hopefully it's just the beginning of plenty more. Uh, what did your mum and dad have to say? I'm assuming you've spoken to them since Sunday night. Yes, yeah, spoken to them. I think mum uh, cracked open the champagne straight away and uh, <laughs> said she was uh, dressed up in a bogan clothes and uh, put some makeup on so she could take some photos with a flat jacket <laughs> dressed up at home. So, uh, very different way to celebrate it, I think. But um, no, she had a good time. She got her friends on Zoom and stuff. So, she had some friends to drink with and celebrate with. So, um, yeah, she enjoyed it. <laughs> you, you touched on some of the long term relationships uh, from management and I suppose sponsor as well and your relationship with. NTI and the Truck Assist brand in particular has been a long one and they've backed you a lot of the way through your supercar career especially. It must be nice to deliver them a result as well, especially this early into this new chapter with Tickford. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, the team at Truck Assist have been, been amazing and been on board for um, what a third really season, I suppose, together, um, or two and a half. But yeah, it's unreal. And, and to do it at their event at Sydney, it, it's yeah. Um, yeah, pretty special. So um, it's cool. I've got the, the Truck Assist uh, snowboard now, so I might have to screw some bindings on there and uh, pretend to snowboard down some hill and try not hurt myself. So uh, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. And it's awesome as well. Like Halsey um, had another good result there. So for, for two of the Truck Assist cars, uh, it was a pretty, uh, pretty solid weekend. Do you snowboard? Uh, actually, I don't. Hey, my, my brother's a mad snowboarder, so I'm sure he can uh, help me out and uh, make sure I don't break a leg doing it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very cool trophy and, and full credit to the team at Winton Motor Raceway, who was originally going to be for that event, of course, mm-hmm. that racetrack very much near the Victorian snowfield. So it's yeah. cool that that was able to, to carry over. Um, so as we speak, it's Monday afternoon. Whereabouts in the world are you now? Because it's been a whirlwind for Victorian-based drivers and teams in the last fortnight, you escaped to New South Wales and now you're going even further north. Yeah, so we're actually uh, on our way up to the Gold Coast. We're actually currently in Coffs Harbour, of all places. So we've uh, stopped here, going to visit the, the Big Banana, been down to the beach already to check all that out. And uh, yeah, we're a bit, of a bit of a tourist the next couple of days. So um, yeah, I think uh, tomorrow we'll roll into, into the Gold Coast and um, yeah, start the whole prep situation scenario for and get ready for Darwin. So um, yeah, a bit of a moving circus at the moment and uh, definitely living out of a suitcase. And a Darwin double header on the way. That's exciting. It's always a terrific round. And even with limited spectator numbers this year, there'll be a crowd there. And 
it, it's such a good event. The weather is the best part about it, probably. But Hidden Valley is a cool racetrack for these cars and always tends to put on very, very good racing as well. Yeah, yeah, I love um, love heading to Darwin. It's a, an awesome place, and uh, I think one of the cool things about it is the whole atmosphere. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see how that is affected this year with the, the numbers and stuff of the crowd. But um, yeah, either way, being up there, it's an awesome weather, awesome time of year to be um, getting some sunshine, and uh, yeah, another cool circuit that we get to visit. So um, I'm actually pretty excited that we get to do two races there. And yeah, Tickford had a have been really strong there for the past few years. So um, for us guys, it, it's Really exciting. We're looking forward to getting there and uh, hopefully we can have a, have a pretty solid round. Well, if I were, yeah, if I were you, I'd be more excited about the five days in between each race meeting in the top end where it never gets colder than 20 degrees and it's 32 every day. Uh, I'm yeah. envious of that for you, Jack. That's going to be a nice thing. Yeah, we're hanging out for I think we're all, uh, we're actually planning at the moment, trying to slot in a little fishing trip at some stage. Oh, so, outstanding. Uh, yeah, we won't rub it in too much, but no. it's going to be pretty nice. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Mate, congrats. It's been a joy to watch the journey from Formula Ford up through the ranks and into the main game. And after the struggles of the last couple of years, it was so good to see you win on Sunday. A huge congratulations. Thanks for joining us on Inside Race Week, presented by NTI. Uh, And all the very best for Darwin. And let's see if you can't knock up a couple of more victories, mate. Should be easy now. You've got one. That's right. I've done it once before. I hope I can do it again. So uh, thank you very much, mate. Appreciate it. Good to chat. There's Jack LeBrock joining us on Inside Race Week, powered by NTI. He's a supercars race winner for the first time. Oh, crazy. A great chat with Jack LeBrock. He was, uh, he, geez, he was excited, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, Shebex. So it, was a, it was a day of great stories. In fact, it was a weekend of great stories, really, at Sydney Motorsport Park. The way the sport has evolved, and in these times, it's understood the need to open the playing field and try and get as many different names at the front. And boy, didn't it deliver. And I think the interesting stat for mine is that over three races, we had eight different drivers on the podium Yeah. and all bar one team got a car into the top 10 at some point over the weekend. And I think that's a massive endorsement for supercars and the effort they're putting in jiggling the rules so that it gets more people up the front, but Scott McLaughlin still won the round. He got the most points overall. So the, the good teams and the good drivers are still getting the results, but it's opening the door for others to peek their nose in. And it's very valuable in these times for sponsorship and for the teams in the commercial side of the sport, uh, which I think is a reasonable segue, Shebex, into our guest, because uh, this is a it guy is. that's been knocking on the door for some time and uh, fell agonizingly short at the first Sydney Motorsport Park round because had some mechanical dramas on the car and, possibly cost him a win but boy delivered on the weekend todd hazelwood is that man he joins us on the line now another great story from brad jones racing in the last couple of weeks todd congratulations from all of us mate we uh gee whiz we were up there rooting for you buddy it was great yeah thanks guys thanks for having me once again and i'll tell you what gee it was pretty as you guys said it was a pretty crazy weekend to follow you certainly couldn't put money on anyone in any particular race we've obviously the, the variables of the soft and the hard tire and yeah, for us at BGR, we had an amazing weekend. We had all three, all four drivers achieving top 10 results over the course of the weekend. Nick getting another win and me getting my first podium. It's uh, It's been a pretty happy time here back at Albury at BGR. So, yeah, it's been a, a great weekend. And, yeah, we're looking forward to more, hopefully. I might just... Todd, the, uh, the feeling... Was there a feeling of expectation going into this weekend that the team would do well after uh, what happened last week with... Uh, two weeks ago with Nick Perkett? 
Oh, 100%. And particularly on the Car 14 side, there was a form of redemption as well because when we got a taste of, you know, a potentially our first podium and, and who, who knows, it could have even been a race win for us as well. We're pretty fired up and, and looking forward to going back. Obviously, when they when they announced that uh, we'll be going back to Sydney, there was a you know pretty common theme that we're all pretty excited to go back there based on the fact that we had strong race cars over all four, four of us. Obviously, Nick got a win and, you know, for us to come close was... You know, put us in good steam for the weekend, but you know, typical supercars fashion. You know, we all go back. We have a week to think about it. And it's, you know, we've never been in a situation where we can tune the cars up over a couple of weeks and then go back and have another crack. And it was interesting to see some teams evolve over that time. And for us, definitely, we even had a few new ideas and had to try and push forward as well. So, yeah, we're you know we're we're just happy that it, it all went to plan and we had another great weekend, grabbed some great points, and you know, executed a pretty fine weekend from our point of view. Todd, BJR have got a track record of delivering whenever there's a rule change. So when Car of the Future came in, uh, Fabian Coulthard, Tim Slade got race wins for the squad. They were very, very strong. It it seems like they're a team that's just the right size to be agile enough to really adapt to this. And I think the case in point is that uh, on the weekend, Red Bull Holden Racing Team qualified on the front row for all three races, didn't get one podium. BJR got a win and a third with you in the final race. So you're punching above where the team has been for the last 12 months to 18 months. So it feels like there's a real agility in there and that this new set of rules that we're all playing with has really energised things within the squad. Oh, it certainly has. And we, we took a bit of a mission statement within our team, I suppose, during this COVID lockdown period with obviously E-Series going on that you know, a lot of the work guys at the workshop, all the engineers, they were still putting the time in at the workshop trying to use this time as a bit of advantage. And um, I, I really feel that that has come into play now. And, you know, I'm really fortunate to be part of this team now this, during this time because I've obviously witnessed firsthand what it's like being here and they're, they're putting this time to great use. And with the rule changes that have been put in place, I certainly think you've nailed, hit the nail on the head. We're at that perfect size, certainly from an engineering point of view, where we can talk about strategy, work out how we can maximise our weekends and having you know, multiple cars to try and tune up cars in this short window that we have in between sessions as well to really execute a strong weekend. And I think that's certainly working in our favour. And, you know, for for us to move up into fourth in the team's championship points, Nick was second overall in the round point of view as well. So I think it's a great sign of things to come, hopefully, to the team at BGR. The, the real challenge now is going to two rounds at Darwin. Who knows what we'll achieve there? But, uh, you know, that's going to be the real I suppose, next step for BJR, seeing if we can continue this form at a consistent level. Let's take us back to that last race on the weekend because it was an awesome battle and it was really the culmination of the weekend playing out with how people had rolled their tie strategy from even before the first race with the shootout and, and qualifying. But you were mowing down those three guys in front. You had Reynolds in front of you for third. Were you at that point, when you got to the back of them with two laps to go, did you think you were a contender for a win or were you going, let's just hustle our way onto the podium? Because it felt like from the outside, if you were maybe three seconds closer to Reynolds when you got out of your stop and you had three seconds less to catch up, you might have had an extra couple of laps to try and get past these guys. Was that the vibe with you? Oh, look, it's it's always a fine line between getting it right and getting it wrong. Um, And... The one thing that we had in our mind with the way that the strategy was playing out with um, particularly um, Andre and LeBrock 
pitting relatively early, we figured, well, we can't be on the same strategy as those guys because even yeah. though we would have possibly may have fun, a small car speed advantage, um, once we caught those guys, a delta would be very similar. So we tried to obviously push as, as hard and long as we could in that first stint so we could come back at them really hard and have something to fight with at the end. Um, it was always going to be touch and go if we could even get close to the podium based on our numbers. But, you know, fortunately, I had a pretty strong car and we could come back at them quite quite fast. So, basically, when we made that pit stop, um, Tony had a plan of saying, look, you may catch him on the final lap. So, yeah. we always knew it was going to be, you know, fine margin between getting it right and getting it wrong. And, fortunately, caught him with a couple laps to go. Oh, my tyres, to be honest, were pretty... Once I caught the pack, it almost spent every part that I had. But I knew I had to push to even have, have a chance of getting, getting up to him. So, fortunately, it worked out okay and we were able to pluck off one. But, you know, for us, it was maybe just getting on the podium wasn't necessarily going for the win yeah. in our eyes because we had roughly about 15 seconds to make up with 12 laps to go. Yeah, which you did at, you know, one and a half seconds a lap at, at some point. I wasn't having a crack. It was a brilliant drive. Um, it's ironic that Reynolds probably handed the win to LeBrock because Dave had better tyres than Andre and Jack. And at the end of the race, those two guys were like, they were doing 35s. So they were yeah. seven seconds slower than qualifying. So they were miles out of it and, and struggling to drive the thing straight and wheel spinning in a straight line with tyres. And, um, but Dave had slightly better rubber. So he was slightly fresher than those two. So he got to them and then he had a bit left in defense from you. And ultimately, of course, you got him on the final lap. So it was, it was really interesting to watch how it all concertinaed up in those last four laps. And all four of you ended up on the same bit of road in that, that fight to the finish. It's one of the better finishes mm. we've seen. I thought it was a, a cracking drive, mate. Really good. Mate, what, what was the feeling to get that first podium? Because you've worked at this for a long time now. And we followed the journey through the junior category, Formula 4, a bit of F3, a um, couple of years in Super 2. What was it like to cross the line? It was pretty unreal. And for me, I don't know, both on the, on the car 14 side, we're pretty fired up from obviously the last round getting close and having a taste of it, potentially what could have been. Mm. And then we had a bit of a setback in qualifying. So we felt that we had a better car than where we qualified. We had a vibration issue with warp rotors. So that, that was a bit of a setback. And we knew we had our work cut out. So, you know, every lap, you know, I had my engineer Jimmy up on the radio telling me to push hard and I was pretty fired up myself. So to actually get across the line and get P3, get him on the last lap, like we, we felt like we really earned the podium. Obviously, it's unique circumstances where you may not have the same regular guys at the front. So some people say, oh, it may not mean as much as what it, as what it should. But for me personally, it felt like, felt like a win. It was, it was a huge amount of relief coming out in some ways, um, getting that first podium. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited for more, you know, the whole way home. Driving back from Sydney to Albury, we're just talking about setups for Darwin, and we just want more now. And like anything, once you've got a taste, you get greedy. <laughs> no, I totally understand that, mate. It was uh, it was a great spectacle to watch, as Richard just mentioned, and you agreed to. When was the decision made for you guys in regards to what tyres you were going to run? Was it an early decision in the weekend that you were going to save two good sets of soft for the end, or is that just the way it panned out? We we always had a we had a couple of plans um, of how it was going to roll out for the weekend. Initially, yes, it was going to try and as put have two cracks at the cherry on on Sunday and try and save two sets of softs for both qualifyings. Um, rather than obviously, if you went into the top fifteen shootout or even trying to get to the shootout on Saturday, essentially you'd have to have two or three hits on a soft tire 
before you've even gone into the race. So the, to, to be successful on a Saturday race was always going to be at the expense of using a lot of tyre. Um, but fortunately for us, we actually had quite a, you know, we said, well, that's qualifying hards on Saturday, see how it rolls out. And if no one does use their softs, then maybe we could spend them then as well. So we had a few plans. Um, but yeah, I think it, we probably showed our cards once we got inside that top 15 shootout on a hard tyre, then reused mm. another set of hards. I think everyone knew straight away what our plan was going into Sunday. So um, you know, it was, that was probably why we were so frustrated when we had the issue in qualifying on Sunday morning because we knew that this is our time to shine. We put our eggs in the basket for Sunday and we didn't quite go to plan. We were a bit dirty to ourselves. So, you know, we were just thankful that we come away with a podium and, and something to smile about. But, yeah, it, it worked out in the end, worked out really well. And we actually achieved some pretty solid points. Mixed reaction throughout pit lane in regards to the uh, mixed tyre races and, and how that all panned out for some teams. And I think if you have a look at our power rankings on the racetalk.com, you'll find that we had that as a hot, just one of the things that helped spice up the weekend, which we love to see as punters. Your thoughts? I know you obviously probably love it because it gave you an opportunity to get that podium, but would you be happy to do that again? Oh, look, I, I, I personally, um, I was a little bit spectacle as well going into the weekend thinking, oh, is this the right thing? But over the weekend, seeing how the races unfolded, you know, the battles up and down pit lane, I've never passed so many cars in a race weekend. It was <laughs> unbelievable. So, you know, the way I see it is something different when we haven't got the... I suppose the added mixture of type, the fuel strategy that's been taken away from our sport, if we didn't have that, you know, and we were all running on good rubber all the time, we'd have such star racing. And I think, you know, the fans wouldn't be able to connect with that. Whereas at the moment, we've got action up and down pit lane. You know, to not have Red Bull on the podium for the whole weekend is something we haven't seen in a long time. And, and some new faces, as Krause mentioned, going into the start of this, you know, adding value to our partners during this time for all teams and all all partners is so important at this time. So for us to, as a collective group, I think we're putting on a, a great show, which is what we're all about. At the end of the day, we're a big circus. We go racing around the country and we want to put a good show on for the people watching at home. So in my view, the better the show, the better it is for yeah. everyone. Um, I think the, the, some of the people that may be complaining are the ones that want to have it at the best at the front and, and, and rightly, rightfully so because those guys are, they're spending the money and putting the work in to, to be at the front. But ultimately, if they still execute the weekend as, as they should, they should still come out on top. So I think it's just a new challenge that we've got to embrace. And, you know, fortunately, it's, it's adding a bit of a uh, bit more spectacle to the whole show, which I think is always a win. Yeah. And in the end, it's the same set of regulations for everyone. So all 24 Correct. cars have got the same um, quantity of tyres at the start of the weekend. So it's just down to managing that. So um, and, and like I touched on earlier, McLaughlin and the 17 crew especially were able to manage it extremely well and ultimately got the most points and still won the round. So, yeah, it, it's. I think a lot of the comments that came out were people in the heat of the moment on Sunday afternoon who had a really bad day. Um, one of them who got passed by you in the last lap of the <laughs> <Exactly>. race <laughs> and lost a podium. Um, so, yeah, I think so. And, and the other thing, and, and this leads me to my next question, is that Sydney Motorsport Park is the highest egg of any circuit on the calendar, just the, with the nature outside maybe Phillip Island. So we go to Hidden Valley next, which has got a 1.1k long straight and then 14 corners jammed into a k and a half. But it's not known as much for being a high degradation circuit. So going there, it's an entirely different kettle of fish that you guys have got to work around as well. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think Darwin's going to be interesting because for me, racing there in a supercar over the last two years, I think we actually found the DAG was a lot more significant than the year before. Obviously, it okay. didn't get resurfaced that long ago, but I think mm. we may see a little bit of DAG this year, um, which will be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, we certainly won't see the levels of degradation that we, you know, we were doing you know, low 28s, minute 28s at, at Sydney. And as you said, you know, racing you know, that, those sort of mid-32s during the race. So that's, you know, huge le- levels of degradation, which kind of creates mixed racing results. So we may not see that sort of, you know, mixed results that we that we may be used to now. But um, I think there's, there's still going to be a great challenge trying to execute a really solid weekend. And, yeah, who knows what could happen. But, um, yeah, I think the racing will still be fairly mixed up. And then going to, obviously, after that, Townsville, that's probably the second closest um, circuit to degradation, I'd say, now on the calendar. It's, um, yeah. that, that track in particular is getting worse and worse as the years go on. So uh, I hope you know, we can still have some pretty mixed results and you know, put on a good show for everyone watching at home. Fantastic. You say worse and worse, but actually from a punter point of view, it's probably better and better that the oh, track gets better. worse and worse. Yeah. <laughs> like before they resurfaced Barbagello, we all loved it because you know, you do 10 laps and you'd be out of tyres and everyone would be sliding around and hanging on, um, which is the ideal thing we want with the cars the way they are these days with so much aero and so much mechanical grip, more than they've ever had. Um, This is just bringing them back to where we'd actually like them to be all the time, which is really difficult to drive and making overtaking opportunities more often. So I love it. It's uh, it's good fun, Shabek. It's a good thing. Mate, a two-part final question for you before we let you go and thank you for your time. Uh, you didn't have mum, dad and your sister there, which is the first time in a long time that they haven't been a part of it. I want to know your feelings about that and what did Shazza do to celebrate? <laughs> I can only imagine. And the fact that Brad was there this week and he wasn't there two weeks ago, obviously was a fantastic thing for the team as well. Yeah, I think Brad's biggest concern after Nick got the win the last round was that he was a, a bad curse for the team. So <laughs> fortunately, we actually had a successful weekend. So that was ticked off the list. So Brad can still come to the track next time. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was great to have Brad and the whole crew be a part of it. That was cool. But, yeah, from a family point of view, it's, it's been a little bit weird because, uh, as, you, as you guys know, it's, um, you know, we work as a pretty close-knit family and mum and dad and the sister and, and my girlfriend Alice are always there kind of by my side. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a little bit, bit uh, weird. But being that, being that flat out over the race weekend, you almost don't notice that that anyone's there because the way the format is these days, you don't have a, you don't have time to scratch yourself. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, to have that sort of moment, getting my first podium, and and for not to not sh- kind of share that sort of moment with with the whole family and the crew was yeah a little bit a little bit weird, and you, you just kind of feel like you wish they were there because they put so much into making that moment happen. And uh, yeah, from mum and dad's point of view, they. Uh, um, they were actually trying to plan to. Dad was actually going to race at Fink this year, so he had time off work and couldn't get that time off changed. So instead, they thought well, we're still going to go away. So they went up to Uluru and they watched the race from a, a caravan park in Uluru. So they um, nice. probably not where they expected to watch the race from, but um, they had a pretty picturesque view, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, you bring you bring up the crowd. Did you know that? Did you notice the crowd there compared to two weeks ago? Yeah, it was great. It was awesome to see to look out to the grandstand and see some fans once again. Um, obviously, we all miss the fact that we haven't got that fan interaction at the back of the pits and, and the whole show that normally surrounds supercars. But 
Um, yeah, as I said, you know, with, with this new format now, being so busy just over two days, like you're, you're in and out of the car, you don't even get, it's like go-karts, you don't even get out of your race suit anymore. You just walk around, you quickly go to the toilet, get something, something to eat, and then you, you, you kind of discuss what your plan is for the next session and back away you go. So it's... Um, is it the future of racing for you guys? Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because, you know, does it bring it back to the concept that, you know, potentially supercars could have their own show? Who, who knows? Um, you know, the way the structure of the weekend has unfolded. Um, I, I, I think, uh, I still think the three-day format makes sense and having the support categories and putting a, a big show on for the whole weekend is still what we need. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it, it's proven that we don't, really need to have longer races or short races or whatever the format may be. We just need something that's fast, loud and exciting so fans can enjoy it. That's, that's what we need. And I think with the rule change that's been put in place, I think it's been amazing for supercars as a product. And hopefully that's a lesson learned moving forward with obviously there's talk of Gen 3 coming in potentially in the future or whatever that may be. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big advocate for our sport that, you know, it needs to be fast, it needs to be loud, and fans need to be able to interact because obviously without fans and without the support of those people, we, we don't have a sport. Um, so that's, hopefully that's a lesson learned moving forward and, yeah, we can see more of it. Well, Good on you, mate. Thank you for your time. Really do appreciate it, Todd. Congratulations on that first podium. Now the next time we get to speak to you, well, hopefully we'll speak to you, but wait, maybe not be, it might be next weekend, is the first week. Hopefully very soon. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First win coming up soon. Let's hope so, mate. Congratulations. Well done to you and the team and uh, all the best in Darwin. All right. Thanks, guys. Pleasure talking to you guys and uh, look forward to catching up with you all soon. Mark Walker from theracetalk.com. Hello, Mark. Baxter. Yeah, big weekend up there at Sydney Motorsport Park once again and a great weekend for Jack LeBrock breaking through for his maiden win. But, Shebex, can I start out with a rant? Yeah, please do. All right, I'm on my high horse now, and this one's aimed directly at Richard Crail. No. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. So, basically, I've known Jack since he was in Formula Ford, and I've worked with him on a, a lot of different projects over the past eight years. So, I've sort of seen him go from nobody to now a race, which is uh, pretty cool. But yes. uh, So, obviously, I was having a bit of a battle yesterday watching that race. I'm not a good spectator, Shebex. Because I like to grab my camera and go and stand at the far corner and not actually see what is happening in a tight situation like that. So I'm sitting here watching KO on my dodgy internet connection. I'm about a minute behind the game. All I've got is the group chat open with yourself and Richard Crail. And Crail just kept wheeling out all of these just cryptic, cryptic little messages, little with no context at all. So it's get, the race is getting tight at the end. Oh, Jack's thing's out in its feet. Like, this is word for word what he was saying. Oh, wait, win it now. Like, what does that mean, Shebex? Is he in the yeah. fence? Like, he's gone. Uh, oh, damn it. Oh, that doesn't sound good. That's not a positive. <laughs> it's not a positive, damn it. And he finished with a, there you go. Oh, what, what does that mean? Did we win? Did we, what's going on? Man. So fortunately, Jack did win. Uh, but... Richard Crail, he's not here to defend himself and there's no defending that because he absolutely ruined my afternoon. He completely stressed me out and he owes me a new wig. You know we won't hear the end of that. No, rightly so. He's just going to be muted on the group chat from uh, now on a race day, <laughs> I reckon. But a what good a, weekend, man. What a great Where's weekend it was. Yeah, the, the, the mix-up of racing, the mix-up of tyres, all that sort of stuff. Seeing new people on the grid, seeing new people win. Mate, that's how we want it. We don't want to see Lewis Hamilton winning every week. 
You know what? I did a scary thing and I deep dived into the comment section at supercars.com Facebook. Like that's a, a pretty wild frontier there at the best of times. Is that like but the dark like, web? It's fairly beige. It's yeah. not great. Uh, but you'd have to say 95% of the responses were positive. It was even you get Red Bull fans on there going, hey, I'm a Red Bull fan, but it was great to see other guys up there having a chop and it was just good to see good racing, which I, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it was always going to happen. Um, I, I think the worry for me was that the first Sydney Motorsport Park event was so good that they were going to back up and it wasn't going to be as good. Like yeah. that first weekend in Austria, Formula One, it wasn't yeah. going to be... It wasn't as good the second time around. So the fact that supercars did come and pull off another really good race meeting, I mean, you think of that battle for third in race two, where you had four or five guys there in yeah. the last lap duking it out, and a couple of them were too wide with passes on the line. Uh, and that wasn't the highlight of the weekend. So uh, I, I, full marks to supercars for doing what they did with the soft and hard tyres. It mixed it up. Uh, obviously, eight different guys on the podium, which is a, a good thing. But uh, Scotty McLaughlin once again showed that, you know, with all his pace and his team behind him and his strategy, they still managed to pull two podiums out of the bag and top the weekend, which was a, a very good job. Well, I suppose that was one of the comments that came out of the weekend towards the end of the weekend was that we probably should recognise the overall winner of a weekend like that with all the different tyres. Whoever can manage their tyre load over the three days or the three races probably deserves to get something. Oh, there's no argument about that. I mean, yeah. that makes entitled sense because you can't win all the races with the, the way things are at the moment. That said, City Motorsport Park is very hard on tyres. It's a, a place where all of the issues with that format is going to come to the fore there more so than just about every other track bar, Barber Gallo. So it'll be interesting to see how this format works in Darwin for a couple of times and probably Townsville if we're going there back to back with uh, four race meetings in quick succession. That's the, the word on the street. So yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting to see how it pans out and see how triple eight bounces back. Because I think all the armchair experts were sitting there on the weekend with their hands in the air. What are these guys doing? Yeah. Like they just seem to stuff the strategy in three races essentially. And they haven't really come out and said, Oh, well they haven't said anything since they've, been a bit down the dumps and vowed to to uh, rectify it for next time, which I'm sure they will. Yeah. But uh, it was the most done Red Bull weekend, obviously. Van Gisbergen, even though he was very quiet, he still finished fourth overall for the for the event. Um. And, and, but you had guys back in the pack there. Deep Pasquale and Hazelwood finished twelfth and thirteenth for the weekend, but they managed to jag a podium. What do you do <laughs> if you have those guys? Do you do you go for the glory of the podium? And I mean, even in that final race, there, there were other cars out there who had soft tyres up their sleeves, like the yeah. Team 18 guys, who didn't get a podium to show for their weekend's efforts. So it, it mixes it all up. It was still good. There are a heap of guys had uh, personal best results there uh, over the weekend. Obviously, LeBrock with his win. Heimgarten equaled his career best. So did De Pasquale. Uh, Hazelwood, personal best there with third in that uh, third race. Uh, Fullwood, seventh in the third race as well, which is a really good effort. And I've got to say, he was a great chat last week, Shebex. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he was really good. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Jacobson, Smith and Goddard also had PBs. So it did give some of those guys down towards the back of the pack a, a chance to show, to at least put their sponsors up there at the front of the field, which I, I think is a good thing for the sport at the moment. How's he feeling at Brad Jones Racing at the moment? We just had a chat to Todd Hazelwood 
just before, and uh, he said that it's just sky high, and so it should be. I mean, you've got Nick, Nick Perkett winning races, you've got Todd getting podiums, and then you've got Macaulay Jones and Jack Smith just racing the wheels off their car over the weekend. Fantastic to watch. It's, it really is good to see a team that is batting above its weight in regards to the finances that they can put into that team and actually getting results. Yeah, I mean, Mac has really been making people sit up and take notice this year, hasn't he? I mean, he ultimately hasn't had the results to show for it, but uh, he's certainly been mixing up with the big guys. Even just some of his practice and qualifying results have been quite sharp, so that's been good. And obviously Todd. I mean, I think Todd's in a very similar situation to Jack LeBrock, where they've gotten to where they are in their career without a silver spoon. Like they've had to work so incredibly hard for it. It's been so much graft. I mean, you look at uh, Todd with all the sausage sizzles over the years yeah, just to be able to go motor racing. So it's cool that there's a success story like that, where it's not someone who's got huge amounts of family money or benefactor. I mean, everyone needs to pay their way, but uh, for those guys in particular, they've really had to graft hard for it. So to see him up there, earning his snowboard was a, a very good result for Toddy. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, also a good weekend for the fact that we had a, another category on the cards, and that was, of course, Super 2 and Super 3. And congratulations to Supercars for getting the deal done to have both categories race together. It really filled up the grid, gave for really good racing, and it was fantastic to see Thomas Randall get that uh, final win on race two. Yeah, I mean, Thomas was on fire all weekend there. Obviously, there was a, a few dramas in the opening race there with that safety car restart, which was a bit of a dog's breakfast. But uh, yeah. it was also good just to see how the Super 3 cars did stack up. I mean, we had Jalen Robotham out there uh, really mixing it up with some of the did Super well. 2 guys. Which, he was fantastic. And that was his first start in that car. And obviously, he'll grow in confidence as the season progresses uh, onwards from here. So hopefully with the borders and whatnot opening up, we get a few more cars out there. I mean, the more cars, the better. But certainly 23 cars, it's a lot better than having an 11 and a 12, isn't it, Shebex? Yeah, exactly. We, a lot of, there was a lot of chatter over the weekend about how tough it was to follow the whole weekend in regards to the tyres and where teams were at and who had what and what had left. Should we maybe expect something to come out from supercars after race two to let people know what's happening in race three? Is there a sort of a... I mean, there's no real... I mean, they could probably go to the Formula One spec graphics and they can track every tyre, but we're, we're putting two and three and four tyres on. So it's hard to say exactly what that tyre has done before. Has it been sitting on the left front and now it's on the right rear? Has it done two races? It's, it's still very hard to, yeah. to track all that. I think the thing that they could probably sort for future is have the tyre compound as a permanent part of the ticker up the side. It was sort okay. of scrolling through Correct. with uh, various other stats. But if they made that a permanent part of the ticket, then you'd know that the top 10 cars are in soft tyres. That might just make it a little bit easier to explain that way. But uh, yeah. it's one of these things that that's a work in progress. Obviously, it's uh, it's hard yakker at the moment with the way that the borders are closed and, and people having to shut down and quarantine and lock down. So they'll no doubt sort that for future. I mean, they the TV product has kept evolving as time has rolled on. You saw some new things over the weekend. That bridge cam was really cool. Yeah, and a, fantastic. A few other new uh, graphics and whatnot. So they're obviously still uh, still chipping away out there at Supercars headquarters. And no doubt that uh, confusion over the tyre situation will be one that they'll sort. Speaking of TV, numbers weren't as fantastic as probably what they would have liked over the weekend on Fox. It's funny, isn't it? Um, 
No, it's not, it wasn't the greatest. I mean, last time out for a night race, though... It was about 130, and, 140, was it? Uh, last time out, it was on Channel 10 as well. So it's a bit hard to compare yeah. apples to oranges sort of thing. And also, it was a fairly early night race. Uh, those night races in the past have been fairly late at night. So it's hard to compare apples and oranges. And obviously, the, the football at the moment is really drawing some good numbers, especially down there in Melbourne, where you've got nothing else to do yeah, but correct. watch the AFL. So there's that. There's also the fact that uh, KO, I think a lot of people have switched over to KO during all this because they're not locked down to the full 100 bucks plus that they would for Foxtel. Yeah. And that's not included in the rating numbers anymore. So the more and more uptake there is of KO, that's taking away from the traditional Foxtel numbers. So it's hard to make an exact like-for-like comparison with what the stats were in the past with this new world order that we've got going on. Uh, talking to Todd Haslewood before, he mentioned that in his eyes, Darwin is a very tough track on tyres and there will be a lot of deg there. And Townsville, he said, is the second most track for deg that he knows of. So we're coming up with some probably some more interesting racing over the next uh, four rounds. Absolutely. And I mean, Townsville's the hardest track on the circuit for suspension. You don't think about it, but uh, there's some horrendous bumps there. So that's going to test these guys uh, with with their new front geometry setup that they've got this year with the control super shock. So we haven't seen that many times already. We've seen the two events at Sydney Motorsport Park, big fast flowing circuit. We've seen one street track at Adelaide where everyone was still getting their head around it because mm. they'd only had the one weekend before or a few days before at Sydney Motorsport Park. So we're coming into some different style of tracks. So obviously there's still an opportunity there for these guys who are switched on to, to make it work. And obviously guys like Brad Jones Racing have figured it out quickly. So, you know, everything's still up in the air and still wide open. So hopefully we do... Uh, see some more different winners up there. Yep, fingers crossed. Mate, thanks for your time, as always. Uh, your thoughts on what happened on the weekend. Look forward to catching up with you next week as we start to preview what will be a great weekend in Darwin. Catch you soon, bud. Catch you soon. And don't forget, keep it tuned into the racetalk.com. Heaps of cool features coming up. Uh, we've got a heap in the bank, and there's some really good stuff coming, Shebeck. So uh, keep an eye on it. Looking forward to it. Mark Walker joining us here on The Grid. Thank you for joining us as well. We look forward to catching you again next week. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.